Why does anybody touch my hair? Every single bullet in this movie has a firework attached to it with, with sparks. That mouth has always been attractive to me. Welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. I am once again your host. My name is Brian Beckner. I've forgotten what episode number we're on. I think it's 221. I'm positive it's 221. I have that kind of memory. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for participating. Thank you for consuming our content. I really, really enjoy it when you consume my content, listeners. A special episode this this week, guys. We are going off the board. We are not doing our regular topical content, the interesting stories from the world of sports. This is, after all, a sports talk show. Uh, We're getting away from sports this week. Because we're going to talk about a movie. We're going to re- review a movie. It Not a week, nay, a day, well, maybe every couple days, goes by that someone does not reach out to me and they're like, fucking Teen Wolf, dude. Like, how are you not doing Teen Like, at Roadhouse, everybody's hitting us up for a movie. And so I was going through my email the other day and I saw that a movie and a historic movie, a classic film, if you will, had been added to the Netflix lineup, and I thought, hey, we got to get some guys together. We got to discuss this movie. The movie is the 1997 peak Travolta, peak Nicolas Cage, face-switching movie, Face Off. Uh, I am joined to discuss this film, as I am joined every week, by our very own Edward Daly from Hoboken, New Jersey. Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. I feel like I should start with a disclaimer, or maybe I wait till we get our other people on. Oh, okay. You want uh, I already know what you want to do. You want to you want to wash your hands of this film, and I and that's, well, I I'm not going to allow that. No, I just want to start by saying that, like, I absolutely support the LGBTQ movement. And I believe that people are born straight and gay, and there's no choice in it, and I support every right. Oh, my God. We're not doing a political show. You're not going to And the movie that we're about to talk about is like 10 times gayer than Brokeback. (laughs) It's pretty gay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So I just want to say, like, I'm off the bat. Like, I am all about gay rights. Right. No. I'm going to be pointing out. You gay things going on here. Okay. Yes. Disclaimer. Uh, We are also joined this week by someone who joins us often, particularly when it is time to discuss very important films and or TV. That reminds me, The Bachelorette might be starting up soon. Of course, I am talking about our very own friend of the show, Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you? Hello, everybody. Yeah, I, I I have my own disclaimer. I think um, you've already gotten off on the wrong foot with the information. I, this was not peak Travolta. 
Peak Travolta was Saturday Night Live Greece. This was this was this. What is it called? Whatever. Whatever. Touch my hair. This was about twenty years later, I guess, when he uh, reemerged, his yeah. resurfacing post pulp. Right. Yeah. This is this is not peak. Second this, tour. This is, Second tour. Yeah. This, this is, is far this is from second. Peak. This isn't uh, look who's talking era, but this it's is just after post pulp. Right. We have we have Quentin Tarantino to thank for this garbage movie. It's hold on. Being made. Just hold on. Hold on. I'm not done with the introductions. Also joining us is someone that you have heard on this show a couple of times before. He does a great job. We love having him on. So we reached out to see if he would like to sit in and discuss a film with us. I'm, of course, I'm talking about our good friend, friend of the show, Mark the Nomad. Mark, how are you? I'm doing very well. And uh, right. just a, a quick aside, a 15-year-old Mark saw this movie in 1997 and I remember emerging from the movie theater and looking at my friends and saying, that's the best fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, well, maybe it's a generational thing. I mean, I recall seeing it and I don't, I, mean, I saw it. I, I was 21 when I saw yeah, it. So. I, I was an adult. And I still didn't have taste. I don't remember but. thinking it was quite the piece of shit that it turned out to be when I watched it <laughs> last night right. and today. Um, Oscar nominated. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So let's, let's just give the particulars. Face Off came out in 1997. It is directed by John Woo, um, noted two gun action director. Uh, um, it is written by the team of Mike Werb and Michael Kaliri. I can only assume they were immediately drummed out of Hollywood after this was Don't produced. Don't you feel like they wrote this script? Like, um, like the, like the guy in misery, like they were under gunpoint and they just had to come up with shit. Like they were just super coked out and they were like, dude, nobody's going to buy this anyway. Like, what if they trade faces? They're like, yes, (laughs) fucking great idea. Um, the movie stars, uh, John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, of course, who were at their they were two of the biggest stars in Hollywood at the time. We won't argue. Yeah, Cage whether- might have been like a year removed from an Oscar. Yeah. He was I, right around there. I, oh, my God. I mean, these guys were superstars. They both probably got $20 million to play these parts. It was a big, well, Cage, big movie. Cage won the Oscar, and then he just started saying yes to every action script that came his way. I think maybe The Rock what? was the first one. But I will say the – what we we've done that we did a movie about a year year and a half ago con air con air so uh, in my memory con air and this movie were like similar but like con air was a ridiculous goofy movie that was at least tried to play like like it was sort of tried to play like humans were in it yeah this i didn't get the feeling anybody was trying to portray no, human con air he's doing a comical accent and wearing a wig the entire time and it's still a an infinitely better movie than face off like much better hold on let me let me just let me just give the breakdown wait a second that was 12 what? angry men compared to this movie. yeah 100 percent. when you consider that nicholas cage has to support a habit of like brazilian rattlesnake armoires yeah. and like necklaces full of like the blood of voodoo monks it makes perfect sense what jason said that if you pass him a script he's yes 
Yes, I'm doing this. Well, yes, no, whatever it is. This is at this point he was acquiring all this. This is when he was buying, you know, 13, 14 mansions and 75 Rolls Royces. Yeah, this gave him the idea, maybe I could just purchase a, a an island right. and this mansion. is this like, is when he this was This is doing what gave him the idea. It, it's when these paydays stopped that he had to then he had to start doing the ones in Thailand and the and the ones he does now. Um, so Face Off is based off a spec script that these two guys wrote while on Coke, I'm assuming. Try And they tried to sell for a long time. Oddly, no one was buying. Uh, eventually, it got uh, picked up. And the first actors who were chosen to play the main characters, Sean Archer and Castor Troy, were Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, which would have been interesting considering the nine-inch difference in height. Um, eventually John Woo got his hands on it and he decided he wanted Travolta and Cage to play those characters. Uh, it went through a bunch of studios, different producers signed on rewrites. Um, eventually- you know how they always criticize studios like, Oh, you passed on ET. Like yeah. we should, we should really praise the studio execs that passed on this movie. hundred percent. Um, uh, yeah. Woo became attached for the Archer character, that's Travolta. Well, it's both, and that gets really confusing. Um, Wu considered casting either Michael Douglas or the Lizard Man, JCVD, John Claude Van Damme, oh. um, with with whom he had worked in Hard Target. Uh, when the film was eventually made, Douglas served as an executive producer, probably because he was attached to it, and so they had to give him. They're like, "Hey, we'll give you some money if you let these other guys be in it." Um, these guys, uh, the writers, blah, blah, blah. The budget for this film, $80 million. That is a massive budget Whoa. for a movie in 1997. Um, face off made heavy use of action set pieces, including several violent shootouts and a boat chase, which ends the movie, which is amazing. Um, so the, it came out on June, summer movie, June 27th, 1997. That would be a 4th of July release. Um, it earned nearly $24 million in its opening weekend. Number one in domestic box office. It went on to be the 11th highest. Uh, highest domestic and 14th worldwide grossing film of 1997 earning domestically 112 million dollars and additionally Jesus. 133 and a half million dollars overseas for a total worldwide gross of 245 million dollars a massive buster John now, Woo's highest grossing American film. Yes, Ed Daly. Let's keep in mind that year, the the highest grossing movies were all shit. We had Titanic, Titanic. trash movie. Yep. Men in Black, guess what? That movie sucked. Mm, I mean, for the time, so, I think it was good for the time. It was, a, it was ahead of its time. Okay, go on, continue. Lost World. The set Jurassic was a Jurassic Park, Park sequel. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was shit. Yeah, so yeah. that's the top three. Right, those three combined for like a billion and a half. It's crazy, right there. It's crazy. those are bad movies. It's crazy. Number four was Liar Liar. That was a funny movie. Um, I don't. Yeah, okay, maybe continue. Is there more? I'm just looking. Air Force One. Oh, it was a very Get cheesy action. 
was it a cheesy action kind of yeah. era? You, this is early days of the internet. You know, people Those were, were the worst James Bond movies in yeah. that era. We were like, starved for entertainment back then. Like shit wasn't happening. Well, did you get the, this wait, is, did you get the um, Yes, go. Did you did you guys get the impression that uh either John Woo or maybe the directors of 1997 fell in love with their this new toy called slow motion? <laughs> yes. There's a lot of slow motion in this movie. Uh, let me there, just, there's a, there's slow motion for no reason at all. Just Anaconda. push the slow mo button. Just to yeah. have it. oh Jennifer Lopez Anaconda. She got, well, she Con Air was that year. She got my Anaconda. Wow, he had two. He had two movies that year. Con Air was was fifteenth on the list with 101 million. So those of us that are in the face office bad camp, we are decidedly in the minority because on the website Rotten Tomatoes at the time and certainly gone down since then 92% of the critical reviews were positive critical. With an, what? yeah with the with an average rating of 7.9 out of 10 oh the God. website's critical consensus <laughs> reads and I quote Jason, I thought we were using the mute button. Was that Ed that coughed? Was that Ed that, that, that coughed? coughed? Oh, my God. Uh, Travolta and Cage play cat and mouse and literally play each other against a beautifully stylized backdrop of typically elegant, over-the-top John Woo violence. On Metacritic, the film received a meta score of 82 out of 100 from 25 critics, indicating, quote, universal acclaim. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average of B-plus on an A-plus to F scale. The role reversal between Travolta and Cage was a subject of praise, as were the stylized violent action sequences, which are so bad. Critic Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film three out of four and remarked that here, using the big movie stars and asking them to play each other, Wu and his writers find a terrific counterpoint to the action scenes. All through the movie, you find yourself reinterpreting every scene as you realize the other character is really playing it. No, you don't. What? No. It's one second in. You're like, okay. They're now one guy's the other guy. It's not, there's like no question about it. Um, anyway, it was everything you just read of everything you just read about the official critique of this movie. I I agree with one phrase over the top. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, okay. So the, the, the movie starts out. It's a, it's a slow motion flashback. Black and white. Yeah. Like lilting piano, I think scene. It's um, John Travolta is on a carousel with his young son, and he's like holding him on the horse and in the I carousel. Want, I yeah. want to point out that son yes. deserves to be murdered because he played dumb Carly's kid on 90210. That was wow. Zach Hillary Swank's son. Wow. Just wow. Who, who ruined the character of Steve Sanders. Wow. Your level of recall. Wow. Just unbelievable. Props to you. Um, and then you see a, sni- a sniper has his his sights trained on John Travolta. It's Nicolas Cage with his – he's in his um, Caesar – he's balding, so he's doing the Caesar haircut phase where he's got it all combed forward. This is before the advent of plugs. 
and for no, for inexplicably, he's got a fake mustache for this like, scene. I have to say it. something about this. Like he's in disguise. Go ahead, Mark. What, what do you have to say just, about that? Just to you know, piggyback off what Ed said earlier about this being, you know, there are a lot of undertones. But the very first time you see Nicolas Cage, he very seductively takes a sip from a soda. A soda. And then. You know, aims down the sights, and you know he's supposed to be this big domestic terrorist that you learn later. But the only thing he's guilty of in that first scene is like stealing Freddie Mercury's look. Hundred percent. What the the, the okay. mustache is so off-putting. You're like, what is? Go-? It's it's so fake looking and so stupid. I just it really took me out of the moment. And speaking of fake, Travolta and his son are enjoying the hell out of that merry-go-round when it's very awkward when i mean anyone who's been on the merry-go-round knows like it's not that fun and nobody could be having that much fun not even the kids no as if if i'm on on that merry-go-round with my son and i see a guy acting like that with a kid i'm thinking they just met and that's that's creepy you don't. If you're the father of a son, yeah. you you can, there's no possible way no that you could that enjoy happened. a no. moment that much. It was so. It sets the. It really sets the tone early for the next two and a half hours of overacting. Over-acting. Yeah, that's what they do. And, well, yeah. and Cage maybe was doing a service. He's like, well, clearly that's a pederast. Like nobody's that excited to be on a merry-go-round. I got to take him out. And he does. He he shoots. He's there. He's obviously. The theme is that he's a contract killer and um, he shoots Travolta in the back, but the bullet passes cleanly through Travolta's shoulder. Shit sniper, by the way. Also, that's the best place you can get him on a fucking moving carousel. Like you're supposedly a sniper. Wait two seconds till it ends and he gets off. You get a clean shot where he's standing still. Slow walk off it. Yeah. And then also, I mean, I get it. Most of these guys are gin soaked carnies. Right. The merry-go-round operator lets the thing run while like there's dead bodies and it's gunshots. Crazy. Like yeah. he just lets it run like a full like three just, rotations after. Yeah, just pull that pull that lever, the stop lever, whatever. Um the bullet passes through Travolta, kills Travolta's kid. Um we immediately jump to six years later. Anybody have anything to add on the carousel? Or move on? Not on the carousel, but I mean the fact that he goes from the Nicholas Cage goes from looking like someone who can't be near a middle school to how he looks six years later. Like my style hasn't changed in like 15 years, but his style from that point to that point is a serious 180, and it needs to be talked about. I would say, I would say his um, sartorial choices are he's definitely does not uh, want to play it low key for being a guy that's always running from the law. Uh, we, we jump ahead. It's six years later. He's got, and by the way, severe Caesar. Right. And, and by the way, they jump ahead six years and maybe you guys caught it. Mark, you're a fan of the movie. Maybe, you know, uh, jump ahead six years later and zero explanation for why cage, uh, shot no, John Travolta. It's never explained. It, it, never, a esta- never established this movie. No, no. Oh yeah. There's no, it, it's a lot. It sets the stage for zero background or story on just about everything in this movie. You're supposed to just figure it out. There's no explanation as to why they're blowing up uh, the Los Angeles Convention Center, which is fucking empty 364 days of the year unless there's a boat show. Yeah, let me – I'm going to I'm going to set the timer on this. Let me set it for 263 hours. That seems like a nice round number. (laughs) 
<laughs> what? So hold on, hold on. Why so, is it 263 hours? We we jump ahead and we find out that um, that John Travolta is the head of a covert anti-terrorism team, a, a, and he announces, "We're so covert, nobody even knows what we're doing," or something like that. He's really bitching. But the most important part is we learn that on his team, Bunny Colvin <laughs> is his partner, which I found very exciting. <laughs> Bunny Colvin and Margaret Cho. Right. He's yeah. got, there's a lot of people pop up in this. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and, and by the way, the, it's the character actor too, that's been on a couple HBO shows. It's the, uh, the Silicon Valley, uh, villain. Oh yes. And he, he, and he was also in, Gavin uh, Belson. Was it? big love. He was, um, yep. Oh, he's on his team. Yes. He wrote, oh, yeah. he, he's, Oh, he's, he's featured later. Um, significantly. He also wrote and directed, uh, I think it was called Captain Fantastic with Vigo Mortensen. I think he won a Academy oh, yeah. Award. Or was oh, okay. There's Gavin Belts. Yeah, Gavin Belts. By the way, yeah. so what, one, of the, uh, one of the first lines that Travolta delivers is also one of the most curious ones. Um, he's obviously really hot and heavy to catch Cage, who shot his kid, and he just storms into the office, and at some point uh, Margaret Show said something like, "Man, just take a break." And this is now. Try tell me what this means. Six years. Here, here's his his uh, retort to that. I'll take a break when the case breaks. Yeah. Oh no. Oh. There's, there's one of those in Hold every scene. Hold on a second. But once the case breaks, isn't that when you don't want to take a break? <laughs> yeah, that's when you're working the most. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. It rhymes. When we get a lead, I'm out. It's a catchy play on words, but once something breaks, that's when nobody sleeps. <laughs> once we when know where the bad moving, guy is, I'm, I'm going not. on vacation. Yeah. Now, you, yeah. I, I'm sorry, you mentioned it before. This, it's the LA Convention Center. Like, yeah. do they often sing Handel's Messiah to no so, crowd whatsoever so, there? Is that what goes on? So Nicolas Cage <laughs> is there, and he's he's placing a bomb to, to go off like a month later. And he gets it all set up, and he's undercover as a priest. And and as he's sauntering out of the building, he decides that a, a good low-key move as an undercover priest would be to sexually assault one of the female singers of a choir, uh, which like a I thought was – A 13-year-old girl. Which, yeah, an underage – child he goes up and starts grabbing her ass and whispering in her ear i thought that was very strange did you guys it doesn't it doesn't really address like it didn't seem like he was making an effort to hide like it almost seems like the the choir could see him like what's that guy doing yeah and he's just like yes. in plain sight with a giant orange box that looks like a bomb he really, yeah he really if the, if the timer it. going off in 263 hours doesn't kill him my overacting's about to <laughs> Uh, so then he's, he makes his escape on a private jet. He's, he's set the bomb or whatever. We're not sure who the terrorist also, he's only getting 10 million and he's going to blow up a, a, a pretty big, um, you know, downtown LA, although no one, by the way, Michael Douglas was a producer on this movie. Yeah. Um, so he, he goes to make his escape in a private jet. Um, with his brother, who um, seems a little off and might be the worst portrayal of any – the worst acting performance I think I've ever seen in any movie. What do you guys think about Nicolas Cage's brother's performance in this movie? I I looked him up because of that reason. I, I thought, surely he didn't work again. He's married to Emily Mortimer and has two kids with her. Yeah, Alessandro Alessandro Nivola, horrible actor. Just so 
bad. So fucking bad. Um, so they go to make their escape in a private jet. Um, Nicholas Cage has a thing for tongue sucking. So he starts yeah, sucking. Really like, creepy. Could I suck your tongue to the stewardess? And, and then the, I'm going to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to veer here. Yeah. Cause in this do. era, you know, I know I sent you a little screenshot of my note taking. Oh yeah. Eat a but, peach. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I could eat a peach for hours. Now everyone who knows in today's world, yeah. the peach emoji, that's the ass. That's the ass. Now, Nicolas Cage is clearly making, at least in modern times, an ass-eating reference here. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. And don't don't they give him, like, a kind of like a – when they meet him at the airport, they give him, like, a courtesy box, and it's like a joint, a few pills, and a pack of – chiclets yeah and but it's in like a he-man tin it's right. like here's yeah, your he-man lunchbox and it's good it's golden guns he has gold-plated guns that's right two guns a pack of chiclets and a couple of joints and, and and his silent henchman uh yeah so and he gets on the brother he gets on the plane and um but could we, could we tell the audience yeah. who who hasn't seen this movie that'll that'll get the netflix and watch it everyone's after they seen to this us. movie but go on yeah. um i mean cage in the in the first few scenes here, he's basically telling you, I am going to play not only like an over-the-top villain. I mean, we've seen some over-the-top villains in movies before. I'm going to play a character that has never, never even looks like or sounds like a human being. Like <laughs> nobody has ever sounded or looked like Nicolas Cage in this movie. They're, they're, it's a complete ridiculous portrayal. It's, it's, it's awful. Could I make it's that like point? you know those movies where an alien comes to Earth and like pretends, like tries to pretend to be a human, or a robot tries to pretend to be human. That's what he plays it like. But he but he's Somebody's like not he plays it like that in every movie. Like that's his that's he Nicolas Cage. To. Yeah, but this is this is the at the time when he uh, adopted that persona. So they get he's in the private jet about to take off. They're taking they're headed down the runway when Travolta shows up with like an army of uh of Humvees. And for some reason, I don't know um what their plan was exactly, but they had 98% of the Humvees come from one direction and then Travolta and Bunny Colvin came from the other direction down the runway. They also had a helicopter there that could have just easily flown in front of the in front of the jet and impeded its path, but they didn't they didn't take that tact. Um so yeah, a chase ensues. The eventually the uh, the plane veers off the runway, a little Con Airish, and crashes into a hangar. And there's a long certain death. That's yeah. certain death for everyone, well, right there. Yeah, I mean everybody would have died, of course. But that happens so many times in this movie. Um, uh, Cage survives, um, and there's there's gunplay involved. There's a battle. Is there anything I'm missing? Eventually. Yeah, Kate, there's Kate. something you're missing. Okay, every yeah. single bullet in this movie has a firework attached to it with with sparks. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. that's 100 true. Also, and the flight attendant turns out to be the world's worst FBI agent. Yeah, well, she like, announces that she's in the FBI. She like it, she's I would got like shooting. an open yeah. shot at the brother and the cage, right. and she announces and then lets like a briefcase get thrown at her before she can also, actually hit anyone. Casting choices, like. You're making a fucking trash movie. Make the FBI agent a super hot 28-year-old. Get her tits pushed together. Have right, her ass out. Seven. Yeah, you got yeah, it's like some older lady. I'm like, she wasn't even hot for like a flight attendant. Like what what was going on there? And same with they got Joan Allen playing Travolta's wife. 
Like, just put some like, hotties Joan in Allen this thing. Joan Allen got better looking with age. Yes. She, One yeah, of those yeah. better older looking she, women. She's a good actress and she's a fine looking woman. She's a handsome woman, but it's not, she's not eye right. candy. Right. They could have, they could have gone in a million directions, but that goes back to my original comment about this movie that I don't think there was a real goal <laughs> of portraying heterosexual desires I think there was a clear oh, angle. Yes. In this move. Uh, well, we'll get to that. But, but you're asking what what we what we uh, what we see in this plane crashing into the hangar thing. We see this amazing use of slow motion. Uh, so the plane's crashing into the hangar in slow motion, and then we see the first of many scenes where uh, Travolta and Cage outrun automatic automatic weapons. They outrun bullets. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the bullets, the bullets have remarkable, um, aim when it comes to the extras and the periphery characters, but when it comes to Travolta and Cage, they just flat out outrun them and dive out of the way. Well, I know that's, I, that's the thing with a side jump. If you can jump to the side, you're not right. you're shooting never about a lot of side jumps. Now, you, you can dodge bullets. I don't know where Cage got his training, but, um, this, this, uh, John Travolta, he's in the FBI. And I'm pretty sure they don't say, hey, when tracking a bad guy, get a gun in both hands and just start shooting wildly in the bad guy's the direction. Side. Yeah, Always sideways. sideways. Also sideways. I just don't, I just don't feel like he was really using the firearms training he was given in the FBI. Oh, and the uh, and the the stunt double, I I really liked. I don't want to shame her, but the stunt double for Margaret Cho looked like Lucy Liu. Like there was no, wow. Wow. they didn't, yeah. they they weren't going for tough. accuracy. We're doubling the body there. I get it. Um. So yeah, they. So <clears throat> it turns out it ends up that uh, that um, Kate, Nicholas Cage is dead. Or you think he's dead, or he's he's near death. They first do the beat it dance off, right? With yeah. pointing their guns at each other. Yeah. Yep. Um, but so he he's you think he's dead, but we find out that he's and and Travolta goes home and it, his life is in a shambles. Can we just back up for like two seconds? Yeah, then? please do. I know for time. Like, did he really have to walk into jet wash and then get shot down a giant airplane cavern into right. a chain link <laughs> <Yes>. fence? <laughs> For so, that to be the act that put him in a coma. So they're testing. They're at a place where they test jet engines. It's like a wind tunnel. And they, and apparently you can just turn those on by pushing a button. It's like not, there's not really like a complex. On. There's not really like a complex, uh, initiation sequence. You just hit a button and a fucking jet, jet engine fires up. And, uh, Nicolas Cage gets thrown in front of the jet engine and, it would have you would think that he would have been torn apart by the chain link fence, but he just gets slammed against it and survives. But he's in a coma. He's a vegetable, as we see later when CC Pounder, CCH Pounder, CCH yeah. Pounder puts her cigarette out on but his arm. He's Which, a but how, how about uh, earlier? They reveal his FBI chief is Wade Gustafson from Fargo. <laughs> right. The dad, right. dad from Fargo. And I looked it up. He was 63 in this movie. 63. No way. Yeah. Wow. Wade Gustafson, who looks like the 88-year-old dad. No, he was 63. Well, he, he, he met his maker. 
Uh, so yeah, to you, uh, Cage is safely locked away, or he's dead. We don't know yet. Travolta goes home, and if, not shockingly, his life is in a shambles. Um, but then he goes back to work, and they're like, "Hey, here's the deal. We know that these dudes planted a bomb." And, but we don't know where it is. And the brother, the weird brother that's poorly acted, he's in prison. We got him locked away. He's going down. He's done. But the thing is, he doesn't know that his brother's in a coma. What we're thinking, and hear me out, is he will only tell, you know, we can't like give him a break on a sentence. We can't exhaust any other options. There's time is of the essence. We got to find out where they put this bomb. We know they put a bomb somewhere. So, but we do. But before this, we kind of meet uh, Cage's band of misfits, right? This over-the-top yeah. bald guy, Gina Gershon, yeah. oh, uh, the, the one of the one of the characters from Sons of Anarchy is in this this little gang of misfits. And and there was a there was a humorous part where. One of the misfits, I think it was the bald guy, uh, eventually yeah, gave, up, genie guy? Yeah, yeah. gave up some information to Travolta that it's going to take place on Tuesday the 21st or whatever the, the, right. uh, the date was. Yes. So when Travolta offers uh, this first bit of evidence, which seems to be significant to his, to his crew, um, I think Bunny or one of the guys is like, <coughs> great, we know when it is, but we don't know where it is. Yeah, yes. Like is that how you treat, the way, is that how you treat very important information in a, in a case like this? Was it was and it the, the gay genie guy? By the way, the bald guy. Yeah. That's Nick Cassavetes, yeah. director of the Notebook. Yes, that's exactly oh, right. Yeah, the but gay you, genie. You get a very early foreshadowing there of just how close Gina Gershon is with her brother <laughs> as they're walking out Literally. with the with her son, and you're yes. like, mm, yes. man, they're 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 it's, hugging back to the parking lot yeah, real close. Yeah, now. <laughs> Now, Jason Stewart, this was not long before you were able to work with Gina Gershon. This was peak Gina Gershon. And you're you're the only one, to my knowledge, on this show that has met, that has spent time with Gina Gershon. Just give us a little insight. What's she like? How is she as a person? Tell us about um, the beautiful Gina Gershon. And by close in, in years and time, I think it was a good nine years. So you're yeah, right. It was right relatively there. close yep. to the shooting of yeah, this movie. Right in there, um, within a decade. By the time I got to her, she was just like this haughty MILF. Oh, um, oh. And so banging. She, She's still. What a, what, a, what a sweetheart. And yeah, that, that mouth has always been oh, attractive okay. to me. Easy, and those eyes. Buddy. Easy, buddy. Um, yeah, that, I, and I, I think. We're taking a weird turn. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think um as as Go Mark on, just Jason. alluded as, as Mark just alluded to um I think the the part of the script that was cut out of this whole thing when they were, the, when she was with her brother it was somebody must have said you want to do a brother sister routine <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think they cut it out of the movie Name your price yeah. wow yeah, unbelievable I, I set it up and knocked him down <laughs> Uh, so the, so basically it comes down. Yeah. They interview his gang. They interview Nicholas Cage's gang to try to get some info, but they're like, okay, we got to go into the prison. It's the only way. What do you think we cut his face from his body? <laughs> sew it onto your face. And then you go into the prison and you're just like, Hey, I'm him. And then you ask the brother some questions 
and get some info. And then, and he like sort of hems and haws about it for a little bit, but he's pretty agreeable pretty quickly. He yeah, agree- don't you think that's a check with your family kind of situation? <laughs> you'd think, you'd think, but he's, he's married to the I mean, job. They make it seem like as much as he's married to his job and maybe shitty to his faux punk daughter, like he kind of loves his wife. Like he, he's just going to, I mean, I get it when you're getting drinks with the boys and maybe you don't check in with the wife, but like, yeah, I'm thinking about taking my face and then going to prison, taking off my face and going to prison. Like you might want to just run it by like you'd think, you'd think. And also the explanation of the face surgery, I feel like was oversimplified. Cause they're like, yeah, yeah we cut There's it off. No one else, Sean. <laughs> then they're, they're like, then we simply connect the muscles, tear ducts and nerve endings. And I was like, that's fucking doesn't sound very yeah. simple to me. I mean, wouldn't you be like, but what about the fact that I'm 55 pounds heavier than Caster? <laughs> my Roy? my face is literally twice as wide as his. Like how you how you gonna fix that part? But they also they also we have the, the half as much as his. Like, do I get his gums? Like, how does this work? <laughs> and wasn't wasn't <laughs> the fact the fact that they were? Um, I mean, that's what's deceiving about it. The movie's called Face Off, but the whole um, the whole procedure was a body off right because they eventually took travolta's body and put it on cage and vice versa well yeah they're like and, we'll and they and. changed and they changed the voices to yeah. emulate the voices and it's like so it's not just a face it's literally like a body language and voice and body off like everything is Brain just transplant. the exact same right oh. yeah it, it just feels like they stopped like at the waist they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna help you from the waist up. Well, hold on, we're gonna get to that. Oh, also, yeah. also, they're like, hey, we're just gonna put this little implant on your vocal cords, and you'll sound just like them. They're like, but be careful, don't sneeze too hard, or else you'll fuck it up. And then he goes through the whole movie, and it's not till the fucking very end that he decides, hey, maybe I should just try going with my regular voice, <laughs> and people will know it's me. But uh, we digress. Uh, okay. What's, so he goes, he does the face surgery. It's, and they, but they talk about it, it's like, it's going to be this super high tech surgery. And that's just a doctor with a scalpel. Yes. Yeah, they just do like a little laser like, thing. You would think, I mean, they're trying to like make it seem futuristic. You'd think they'd use lasers and it's just like a scalpel. <laughs> yeah. They just cut yeah, like the, face off. They use the laser to cut the face off, but the doctor's like, let me just grab this blue pen and trace over your face here. Uh, yeah, that looks pretty solid. We'll just go with that. Yeah, and he's like, and, and by, yeah, go ahead. And by the way, I think the person that doesn't get enough credit for fucking this entire story up is the person that diagnosed that Cage was a vegetable in a coma. Like, yes. how, did they, how, how did they misread that one that much? Because <laughs> it's... Do we have no brainwaves or some? Right. Nobody, yeah. no, nobody works at the lab at night? Like... Like even Terry Schiavo, I, I mean, I imagine people kept an eye on her. Even uh, even the bride in Kill Bill, like there was there was somebody around charging seventy five bones to to fuck her at night. Like That's somebody right, watches the guy. vegetables. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Uh, so he gets the face off, and and I like that they're like, hey, and with new um, anti inflammatories, you're you'll be up and around in a couple of days. So basically, they're like, dude, we're gonna give you some Advil and. You- you're going to be fine. Yeah. Take Anti-inflammatories. And there's a lot of Travolta chest air in that scene. Oh, yeah. The yeah. 
He's got he's got a nice. He's patch. got the full sweater. So he's he gets the new face and he's really pissed off about it. At and he then, gets the new face and let him lose fifty pounds. <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's looking, in like way better shape now. He's looking very much like Nicolas Cage. No mention about the cock. No, no yeah, you would think. Still, yeah. far as I know, he's still got his same dick. He's you got know? Barbarino's dick. Yeah, whatever dick he came in with, he's leaving with that dick, and that's something that needs to be discussed at a later point. Um, what's up with my rubber hose? <laughs> so, and, this- and what's the what's the downside in letting the prison know? Like, here's here's the deal: we're gonna do a little swap. Yes. Like, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, like let's not make him go it alone. Like, like we can't we'll just, tell anybody. No, nobody can know. That we've taken the face and entire body of somebody else. So he goes to Magnetic Boot Prison. It's a futuristic <laughs> prison where they put boots on you and you can't, you're stuck to the floor. You cannot leave. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's in um, Magnetic Boot Prison and he spots his brother. But who else does he spot? 400 pounds. Oh, so- Frank Sabatka. Sabatka. Frank Sabatka. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Frank Frank Sabatka on all apparently they serve lots of pasta in jail because Frank Sabatka has put on Frank some weight. Frank Sabatka. <laughs> Sabatka, yeah. Um and this is supposed to be like the prison for the worst of the worst. Right. This guy can't conjugate a verb. Right. And they just let them all just kind of mingle together because they got the boot thing. Like the, you can't really fuck each other up too much because we got cattle prods and we got boots. And we're just going to – you do some shit. We're going to turn on the <laughs> magnets and you can't move with the fucking boots because you're stuck to the metal floor with those uh, magnetic boots. And, and looking at that prison, if you had the choice of spending one night there or blowing up downtown Los Angeles, like yeah. – just let it I got some bad news yeah, for you, I Lakers just, fans. I'd be, I'd be like, I'm going <laughs> I'm to okay Vegas that it. weekend. We know yeah. the date already. Like, I'll be in Hawaii. Right. Couldn't they just evacuate everybody? Like, yeah. they know what day it's going to happen. Um, so he's he goes and wants to say what's up to his brother. His brother is immediately skeptical of his of a guy that is the the full that's his brother like his brother walks in right. and says what's is up it, to him and he's like I don't, I don't i'm not sure if it's you is this technology known at the time no of course no, not no not at all it's like a dog that can spot a ghost or something like, like ooh, this isn't my brother like if you saw your brother it would take you a while you would like need some signs and then even then you'd be like, well he's acting a little weird but he sure looks exactly fucking like him like i don't i don't know how yeah. he he knows to be skeptical right away Maybe you get up a little funny from a coma when you get shot down a canyon from jet wash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's quizzing him a chance. He's quizzing him on like what kind of vitamins he takes and shit. He's like the whole thing. So he's in the prison trying to get the information and Nick Cage wakes up and he's pissed. He's got no face. And apparently they, they, they couldn't hire like the good Freddy Krueger makeup guy or industrial light and magic or any of that because they could they didn't show cuz he's he's had his face removed but they didn't show him except for like in the in the um glass of a window like I was really bummed about that because it looked like a real bad makeup job but they refused to show it 
Um, he calls up his henchman and he's like, Hey, go get that doctor guy and bring him back here. Cause I need Travolta's face, which thankfully is floating in formaldehyde, like three inches from where he was sleeping. Like if you need a face, luckily there's one right next to you that you can put on. He forces the doctor to put, to do the same surgery that he did to Travolta on him, turns him into Travolta. And then he burns bunny Colvin and CCH pounder and everybody that knew about the plan and the doctor, he burns them all alive, burns up the lab. So no one knows the difference. Uh, did I miss anything? Yet again, there? I need to point this out yet yep. again. And this, this is where I started to get frustrated because you know, the whole, uh, it pounder, only began at this point. The whole just, pounder, just mm-hmm. pounder with the cigarette thing and her telling him, reassuring Travolta that he's a vegetable, and we are to believe that he's a vegetable that can't wake up. And then he just wakes up and stirs, and he's the exact same uh, complete, I mean, over-the-top Nick Cage that went into the coma. I'm, I'm real, real frustrated with this part of the plot line. Plot line. I, feel, I feel deceived, and I hate it. You figure, yeah, you wake up from a coma, you're a little bit groggy. You know, you don't yeah. you wake up. You got you ever no just face. get like a little too much sleep. Yes, exactly. Like also like a while to just kind of get your bearings. I'm like, guessing that that being jet washed into a chain link fence, like there would be some type of injuries incurred, like maybe a, a little, broken shoulder, a like some kind of some ribs, at least like you might be in some sort of pain, but he seems none the worse for wear. Um, what else happens? So he he becomes Travolta, cruises over to his house. Um, Wait, what? what yeah. Don't they have the conflict in the the jail first? The oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Nick. So Travolta. Where they're doing like deaf comedy jam insults at each other. Right. Travolta. Travolta as Nick Cage gets in a fight with Frank Sabatka. Is that but what don't we about? have to? Don't we have to to cover the fact that? The, the whole premise of the movie is that Travolta gets a new face and does Nick Cage, and that's the entire thing. This massive amount of technology, it, it, will, it will completely change this person's life, this undercover job, and all it takes is a little conversation by the corner. There's almost zero nuance to how he gets the information from his brother of where the bomb is. It yeah. was basically, it was basically like, man, that that's really cool. We're we're, we're going to blow up L.A. Huh? And his brother just says, "Yeah, well, thank goodness it's in the L.A. Convention Center." Yes. But this is this is one second after he was completely skeptical as as to who it is. But, but he gave like that one weird face, and he was like, "Hey, that's here's my Nick Cage crazy face." Oh, that's my brother. That's him. Yeah, that's the real so shit right get, there. He gets the information, and then you figure he's like a he's a professional FBI dude, and he would play it cool. But he's like, "All right, you fucking dumbass!" And, and then he just like leaves his brother because he thinks he's cruising out of the prison, but not so fast because Travolta now Nick Cage has become John Travolta, and John Travolta right, and he shows up at his house. He cruised, he's dancing around. Yeah, he he cruises to his house and basically tries to fuck his daughter. But he like struts into the house like the ghosts of Charles Nelson Riley and Paul Lind are like, hey, buddy, you might want to tone it down. This is <laughs> playing it a little bit too gay. Also, Papa's got a brand new bag is playing. <laughs> James Brown is playing yeah. 
like that's the that's the soundtrack and he goes and bums a cigarette off his daughter and he's like yeah. you better watch oh, out you honey. don't know 17 year old girls who listen to papa's got a brand new bag <laughs> yeah, he's like you better watch out honey because papa's got a brand new bag and i was like wait no you can't you can't you can't say a line from the actual song that's playing like no um, and then yes, continue. Then they go to the office, and Margaret Cho, really in like the, the, I'm not blaming her, the screenwriter. Sir, did you just have a surgical procedure? Because he doesn't like seem right. right. Like it's it's pretty bad. There's there's a lot. Yeah, because he bitches. He's like, look at this. At one point, he's like, what? Look at this ridiculous chin. Like he's making fun of Travolta's chin. It was very right. tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then Travolta's like because he's Cage as Travolta now, he's off like diffusing bombs, and he's becoming like a the star of the FBI. That's where we see that Gavin Belson is on his team. Also, Mike the Plumber from uh, Desperate Housewives is hanging out. A lot of and then random. isn't there a scene where he when he bangs Joan Allen, and yet oh. another time he's trying to be highly sexualized, but the way they play it is he leaves like 150 candles around the house like any straight guys yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting <laughs> movie. But yeah, that, this is this is the part. This is where the movie really fa- falls apart for everybody because Travolta, Nick Cage has now gotten Travolta's face and he's got he's got his bullet wound scar and he's got his belly and his chin and everything, but he doesn't have his fucking cock. And it's, there's no way in the fucking world, like your wife is the one person on this planet that knows your fucking dick. And she knows what it feels like and what it looks like. And she is aware of your dick. There's no way that this, that cage could become John Travolta and then bang her with Nicholas Cage's dick and have her not know about it. Your thoughts, Mark the Nomad. I got, I mean, it would take my wife all of about three seconds to be like, Ooh, wait a second. Yeah. Are you wearing a strap on or something? Like, yeah. what's the deal? This is new stuff. Right. And, uh, that would have been the end game. Yeah. Like that would have been it right there. I mean, I, I try to explain this to my wife. I'm like, look, th- this is the only part of the movie that doesn't make sense. And it, it really needs to be addressed. It's, it's, that is new penis. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like say something, say they also do a dick transplant or so just, it needs, it needs right, to be like half a scene. Issue. Yes. Because it's just too far fetched. Like I was with you to this point. I was with you with the face switching and the fucking jet wash and all that. But it's the, it, they, they're not going to have the exact same dick. They're going to have different dicks and his wife's going to know. Well, there's a part when they're doing the face swap where he's like, man, you guys really lucked out because you have the same face pigment. Right. Like they even address like the pigment of their skin. Like they'd be like, well, we, we measured your hogs and these are pretty close. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they didn't even address it. You're both uncut, which is good. Like, you, you know, like your dicks are pretty similar. Right. That's that's a good point. Um, yeah. So tr- so Cage as Travolta fucks his wife, which is 100 percent. That's the first thing I would do. Yeah. That's me. Like, oh, of course. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd she's be like, down for it yeah, because she's like, okay, this is clearly not my husband. Yeah, it's like your dick but I'm going different. for this. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and who made like, who made the uh, who made the story choice? By the way, of having uh, Nick Cage turned Travolta have some kind of a, a moral issue with fucking the daughter. I mean, this is the same guy that grabbed the ass of the choir girl. 
This is the same guy that yeah. is a, a mass murderer. He's got no scruples. Why does he draw the line at fucking the daughter? Well, you could tell he wants to, but it might give him away. Like, I don't, I don't, I think the daughter <laughs> might be like, hey, mom, I just want you to know, um, dad came home and fucked me today. Could we call the cops? Like, I, yeah, feel, so, I feel so like that's a bridge too far. This is the point that Caster uh, Troy tries to play it subtle. <laughs> he's he's yep. got bigger plans, you know. He, he I really he, need to tone it down. He doesn't really he doesn't really want to blow up his spot. Um. So yeah. Oh, and then Cage as Travolta has to go um, visit. Um. Oh wait, no. Travolta so is getting a lobotomy. Travolta as Kate. So Travolta's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And there, he's like, How do you? Um. What? Do, how do I get these boots off? And some other guys like. <sighs> Oh, some guy that he was a dick to in the scene before was like, you got to go to the infirmary. That's the only place they take off the fucking boots. These guys live their entire life with the fucking magnetic boots on. Like, that's what we're meant to believe. Like, they take showers with them. Like, how do they even eventually you'd be able to wiggle your fucking foot out of that foot out of that stupid boot? Like, I'm not I'm not buying that. But alas, I got to feel like you're sleeping, standing up, too, because those things look massive. So try, like, to, try to get your feet on the bed, and you're like, "Oh shit, this thing sucks." <laughs> Back to the floor. It's so ridiculous. Uh, but he's so Travolta as Cage has a plan to escape, and his plan is to get a cigarette <laughs> and go to the infirmary. Get a lobotomy, right? Frank Sabatka's in there getting lobotomized. He's vomiting up all the pasta he's been eating to get that fat. <laughs> And they have to take him out of the – they have to release him from the lobotomizer machine so they can put Travolta as Nick Cage in it. And then um, Travolta as Nick Cage is like, hey, Sabaka, I didn't – so we learn earlier that Sabaka hates um, Nick Cage because Nick Cage fucked his wife and his sister. Just kind of a weird threesome. Like, hey, you're my sister-in-law. Should we just have a threesome with the same guy? I mean I just don't. I mean, I could see Nick Cage being into it, but it would be hard to find a, a two sisters-in-law that would be into that. But beyond that, um, they uh, they he goes to to he gets put in the machine for the lobotomy, and somehow he's able to wake up Frank Zabatka, who's unguarded, and he's and then he's and then he burns the guard's wrist with his lit cigarette. And the guard, and that everything just goes haywire after that because apparently, like being touched with a lit cigarette, like makes you lose all motor function. Um, and 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 there are explosions uh, everywhere. There's things oh, are blowing up. More and, sparks. And if anybody's watched any kind of N- MSNBC lockup and shit, they don't. Uh, the the guards are not armed inside the prison. That's a very bad idea because it's they they're able to take the prisoners are able to take the arms away from the guards. So, but in this prison, everybody's got a piece, which is good for Travolta as Nick Cage. Um, him and Frank Sabatka just go on a on a killing spree. I don't I don't know exactly what the plan is, but he only needed to open one door to leave. Because yeah, the prison's on the uh, deep water horizon. Yeah, it's uh, on it's on a, an oil <laughs> rig. But only in the like ocean. only like two miles off the coast. It was Los Angeles. It was a swimmable distance. I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna jump there because like I wouldn't I, say I, for most. I gotta people. feel like if he gets to the roof, right? Yeah, and he takes the leap off the helicopter that had just seen him goes oh there he is you see him in the water there yeah no no we got him <laughs> they immediately announced he's dead there was he hit there the was water a, he's dead 
<laughs> there was at least one helicopter, and I think I remember seeing like surrounding patrol boats. Nobody saw him surface from the water and no. start swimming like to the down. shore. Also, he just went. He went under the water the entire way to land. Also, the amount of splash he made when he went in the water is like when yeah. one of those cargo containers falls off of the side of a ship. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a human being make that much splash when going into the water. It's a little over the top. But we can we, I point out? Can I point <laughs> yes, out though? Please during during the escape, uh, Nick Cage played you know Tra- Travolta Cage uh, dodges thousands of automatic weapon bullets, thousands of bullets. He's just diving and switching and whatever. But they do they do at some point touch him. They got his shoes and his shoes right, caught barefoot. fire. Yes, that's he's, right. <laughs> He had That's to kick off all, his shoes, yeah. Of, of all the automatic fire and all the explosions, right. his shoes caught fire. Yes, he's – that's a good point. He literally emerges without a scratch except for the hot foot that he got while on the top of the oil rig that hit the prison was housed in. Um, he's – so Sabaka he, doesn't make it either. So, like, so, and that, and he, no, he, he seems really and broken kicked up. in the face. Yeah, he, yeah. He bummed out about it. Yeah, but like, oh. also they've got a high tech prison with like boots and everything, and yet no bulletproof doors. Like they they shoot through it like it's somebody's bedroom door. Yeah, they just get out. <laughs> yeah, and there's it only takes him one door, and he's on the roof, and they only have one helicopter. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what their their system of getting back and forth to the to the you know like the guys that work there. They don't live at the prison. They go home to their family. So that was a little weird. But then he then he swims apparently to land. No one's really to looking for him. And he shows up to at a restaurant, ballet. completely dry in his prison uniform, and helps himself to a car at the valet. Um, what about? Oh, and then, then what's he do? He heads to. Oh, he heads immediately to the um, to the gay genie's house. Yeah, the gay genie drug dealer's house, who's also like and Gina his Gershon's buddy, brother. who's the cop in Reservoir Dogs, who gets his ear cut off. Oh, is that who that is? The guy with the goatee who's dressed like MC Scat Cat. Like, yeah, he's <laughs> yes. He's the guy from Reservoir Dogs. Shut up! I thought I recognized him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there, he like shows up, and the drug dealers are all like, "Let's party!" They're not like, "Yeah, here's hey. your starter kit with dr- drugs, guns, and chiclets." Yeah, yeah, but it's like, "Hey, you're the fucking most wanted guy in the world. Like, the cops might be looking for you. How about like I buy you a fucking Greyhound ticket and you get the fuck out of here? Because I'm a drug dealer. Like, I don't, I don't need the heat over here. Like, this isn't probably a good idea." But no, they're just hanging out, partying. They give him, they put like something in his drink, which I don't know. I thought it was like Coke or something, or m- maybe like Molly. I'm not sure. Um, but eventually, John Tra- no Nick Cage as John Travolta shows up with an army of cops, and apparently the new training for the cops is just to, to machine gun the whole house from the outside. <laughs> um, so, oh, we find out that Nicolas Cage has a kid. With Gina Gershon, which with a mullet, I well, he kind of has a bowl cut. He kind of has a um, the the he's got a little bit of a uh, 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 Danny Cooksey. Yeah, that's that's who I was going for the ginge from Different Strokes. Uh, he's but got this that is really this is really the first time that you see the evident contrast where what Caster gets Gina Gershon and Archer gets Joan Allen. 
if 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 I'm if I'm playing Castro Troy yeah. and Gina and, and Gina Gershon is standing right in front of me, I mean that after having that that sourpuss Joan Allen for many years, <laughs> not making that trade back a real drag. Well, also he he refuses to fuck her. Like Gina Gershon's like, oh, do you want me? Like she starts grabbing his dick and shit, and she's like, you want it like this? And and like Gina Gershon is actively attempting to fuck John Travolta as Nicolas Cage. And he's like, Ooh, no gross girls. Like, stay off me. <laughs> so it just seems like Cause he was playing it like John Travolta. It seems like maybe there might be like some truth to the rumors. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And then, and then back that was a in, script uh, choice. He was like, I can't suburbia, do this. Uh, Travolta, Caster Troy as Travolta, sees uh rapey boyfriend Carl trying to rape the daughter and who's Carl played by Danny Masterson Masterson. yeah that's that's a Scientology (laughs) himself he called in a Scientology favor 100% but doesn't he have like about a five or six me too yes he's also also a me too guy like that's not yes that's a good point that was the perfect casting in the entire movie there was some such bad casting that was perfect right uh yeah travolta to cage as travolta kicks the shit out of fellow scientologist danny masterson and then he gives the daughter a lesson Noted sex offender danny masterson <laughs> yeah and then he gives the daughter a lesson on how to use a butterfly knife like where's and uh, where would he get that i don't know like, like how do you how do you acquire such an he, item were you in tijuana the day playing before? a guy who who just, he's not like living in the fringes. He took Travolta's body and has been working in an FBI FBI office. Like, did he on his way home be like, "Yeah, let me pick up a butterfly knife"? Like, wh- it's very weird. Why to, would he have that to give to someone else's daughter who I'm pretending to be the dad of? Uh, if I drink drink and smoke a little too much and come in your bedroom, here's how you stab me. Right. Uh, so, uh, so then the, the the ambush actually happens after that. Um, the bowl cut kid, the bowl cut kid is fine. There's people being literally ripped apart by machine gun fire, but the bowl cut kids like, I'm cool. Cause, um, cause I got Travolta I mean, as Nicholas cage gave me, um, headphones. It's like, I, it, yeah. I mean, have you ever had a pair of headphones that are that good? No. Like people, <laughs> no, you can you know, still hear babies crying. You can yeah. still hear the airplane in the background. Right. Like, this guy's getting people murked around him, and he's, he's a friend fine. of Dorothy. He's listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yeah, he's Yeah, he's all good. It was at this point I put the note, how long is this fucking movie? Like, it felt like it was already three yeah. hours at this point. The, and it goes on an hour a, left. It goes on a lot longer. Yeah, so they then, of course, everybody gets, all the cops are getting killed. Everybody's getting murdered. Travolta as Cage swings in and kills the brother by dropping him. He like trapezes over and gets him with the legs and drops him <laughs> through the skylight. And then Cage as Travolta is like mourning him when Gavin Belson, who's been shooting um, grenades, like grenade launching smoke grenades the whole time, comes walking in and he's like, hey, boss, what are you so sad about? That's just Nicolas Cage's brother. And then Cage as Travolta shoots him fucking right in the forehead. I feel like there's going to be an investigation at some point. Like they know whose bullets are whose, and like right. I feel, you know, like it just not in this seems movie like, because there's so many bullets fired. Right, there are a lot of bullets. And uh, by and the also, and by the way, what, okay. who wrote that line? To me, that was just such a uh, a, a melodramatic line in a melodramatic movie. Like, why would 
why would you have him deliver the line, why are you feeling so bad? It's just such and such as brother. Like, think about it. They just had like 15 minutes right. uh, bullets and people getting maimed and killed and outrageous explosions. Wouldn't you give the guy a pass on being a little emotional? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like maybe go over and put your hand on his shoulder or something. Just like we're allowed to be human in life, right? right? Like, I mean, words aren't necessary at that point, Gavin Bell. And then, and by the way, I just looked up the Trotsky looking brother. His name was Pollux Troy. Who fucking named it? Like, he's, yes. he's screenwriters. Yes. Pollux? It's not a name. I think I read on the Wikipedia that there's some, that there's some sort of, um, Greek mythology, like Castor and Pollux or something. And I didn't, I got so annoyed I didn't read any further. And then when he dies, uh, Travolta ties his shoes for him while he's dead. <laughs> right. And I mean, is there a worse fate than dying in a pair of kids like Pollux did? <laughs> there's a spot in that shootout when the every, every like there's this mass murder going on, and the kid with the headphones walks into the brightest spot in the room, and it's slow mo bullets everywhere, and a federal agent turns on that kid and just unloads. Like they, they there, there's no other possible outcome than. That cop was trying to unload his entire clip into that child. Don't blame <laughs> yeah, him. 100%. Yeah, that kid was pretty annoying. Um, so, yeah, then, and they then ha- we, we find out that he wins t- Time Man of the Year. Right. And it, well, they so have. So, we like, defused a bomb like three days ago, and he won Time Man of the Year. They have. Yeah, that's, those are long lead publications. Like it takes it yeah. takes months. They have the they have to decide the man of the year three months before the magazine comes. I mean, out. How long? How long do you guys think the span of this movies movie is? I think it's like two weeks. Yeah, it's yeah, if that. Um. So w- there's like a they have like some cu- type of battle, but Travolta as Cage is able to escape again. And uh, what else? Um. He goes. Oh, Travolta. The kiss. The kiss. The brother sister kiss. Oh yeah, that's oh so yeah. Um, Nick Cassavetes is like saying goodbye to Gina Gershon, and then they like make out. I'll be honest, I didn't realize that they were brother and sister when that happened, but that's very fucking weird. It's it's it was like a a legit like, hey, this is my brother. I just got shot in the neck. I've got one priority. I got to get one more real good kiss before I go. That being said, he played the role like a gay genie. So you didn't feel like he, <laughs> I have one more wish. <laughs> he did. He did have the one. I will grant you one more wish. Make out with my sister. Did Jason Stewart did, did, um, did Gina Gershon in the, all the time you spent with her? Did she ever mention having to do that kissing scene with her on screen brother? Was that a point of contention for her in her career? Yeah, she didn't mention that as we sat in um, in adjacent makeup chairs. She did oh. say that um, she was going to a Kings of Leon concert that night. Really? And she's like, and she's "I, have, like, an I have an extra ticket for you, Jason." Yes. No, she didn't say that. But that was when Kings of Leon was like peaking. It was Sex on Fire, Kings of Leon, yeah. and she knew someone from the band. So which bad. was I, I I think code for she was having sex with someone from the band. Really, they're so much younger than her though. But good for her. Good I mean, for them. Who who wouldn't want to have sex with? Yeah, hundred percent. Got to agree with you there. Um. So then, oh, Travolta as Cage goes home to his house, and he walks in the house. And what does he say when he walks in the house? Home. <laughs> like, 
Okay. Again, that's it's the way an alien would act if they were pretending to be human. Who's ever done that? Who's ever like you go on a long vacation and you like you finally get home, you walk in and you don't go home. Like I've never heard of anybody doing that. <laughs> Living room. You know, if, just to put a bow on the Kitchen. whole action scene, you know, with a face off where they do the whole mirror stunt the and mirror, they're yeah. looking at each other through a mirror. The go- they show the guns and there may be a foot and a half from each other and both fire at the same time and just flick their necks and manage to dodge a point blank yes, bullet to yes. the face. Yes, they both dive out of the way of each other's bullets, but they do that a lot in this movie. It's so bad. Um so he yeah, so Nicolas Cage, Travolta as Nicolas Cage runs into his wife and he tells her the whole story. He's like, hey my um my blood type, blah blah blah. And then he's like, then he tells a story about when they, like their first date. And he's like, I took her, I took her to a steakhouse and I didn't, I didn't know he's telling it like in the third person. He's like, I didn't know she didn't eat meat. So all she ate was bread. And then he says the most fucking insane thing. Like in the, all the, uh, the, everything that's happened in the script, this is the most fucking ridiculous part. He says, he says, she she ate bread the whole time, and she broke her tooth on a rye seed. <laughs> what? It's, that's that's something for, that happens. I really want this date to end. How fucking brittle are your teeth? That a, that a seed? Like, she hasn't been brushing for years. <laughs> Our teeth are fucking made to crunch up <laughs> seeds. Like, Think about that, though. A like, seed can anyway, break Is everything your okay? You're, you're having a hard time. You're, you're awfully quiet. Is Are you Okay. Uh, yeah, I broke my tooth on a rye seed. Can we go? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been taking a lot of meth lately. It's just, it's just shocking. <laughs> so then she goes, she turns out she's a doctor. So she like goes and tests the blood. She pricks him in the night. Right. That's, get his blood. that's right. She goes and tests the blood and she finds out he is in fact that he's got the right blood tr- type or whatever. And then, um, and then she's working at the emergency room and he shows up and he's like, he's like, I knew it. Like I knew you'd test my blood, blah, blah, blah. And then while he's like there with her, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Cage as John Travolta cruises in and now he's got his henchmen. Like he's so in charge of the FBI. Cause I think by now he's killed, um, Gustafson, the head of the FBI. Oh yeah, he gives him a karate chop and like chokes him, and then yeah, he, like, like no autopsy. But like, also, he's oh. he's kind of already having a heart attack, right? Because he like keeps clutching because, his chest before that. Yeah, it was a weird move. Like, but wouldn't they just like just basic peripherals be like, well, why does he have a huge bruise on his chest from a karate chop? Right. Well, now it must have been a heart. Maybe heart it's attack. the PowerPoint thing or uh, power. What do they call that? Pressure points. Maybe he knows how to hit him. Like oh, right so in the he's right. doing the five point thing from Kill Bill, right? Yeah, that, which I'm pretty sure is made up. But so and Joan Allen draws on him, like in that hospital room. She pulls a gun on him, yeah. and when he he convinces her, oh no, it's really me. He like rubs all five of his fingers down her face, like it's me. And that's uh, clearly like oh, I should have divorced this asshole a long time ago. <laughs> yes. It's super creepy because even you know how like you're like somebody will wear a mask to a Halloween party and you know it's the guy, 
but the mask is kind of creepy and you're like, I don't want to stand near him. Like he's got weird makeup on and I just like, I know it's it's, giving off a weird vibe, right? Like I know it's Ted. I like, I get that it's Ted, but Ted's got fucking weird makeup all over his face and I'm not going anywhere near Ted tonight. Well, imagine if that was your husband and he was like wanting to fuck and like rub your face, but he's got that weird mask on. It's just not into it. And his signature, his signature move that, I mean, we, we saw it in the initial scene on the merry-go-round, that signature thing where he does feel, feel the entire face. How annoying is that? Who wants to be touched <laughs> on the face like that? And he does it to everybody yeah. in the movie. I it's hate, just, yeah. I hate having my it's face so touched. so annoying. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. He's, he's standing in front of Joan Allen. She's got a gun on him. And he could be like, look, you've already got a gun on me. I'm pulling out my hog. You're gonna know it's your husband <laughs> right, in about dick. two seconds. Yes. The, this is the, the this is the piece. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. Also, he's like, "Where'd you get that gun?" And she's like, "At home, <laughs> like from the house. <laughs> like I brought it from home." Everybody's got a gun. The daughter pulls a gun later in the movie. <laughs> yes, there's guns everywhere. Uh, so, so the, it's all gonna go down at the funeral. Oh, so that no, quickly. Travolta as no cage as Travolta shows up with his henchmen because now he's running the FBI. So he can just bring in his crime buddies to go do jobs with him. He cruises in with his henchmen and he pulls open the, he pulls open the um, curtain real fast. And Joan Allen is there, but Travolta as Nicholas cage has disappeared. And he's like, he pulls the, um, he pulls the, the, the sheet off the guy. She's like supposedly working on. And the dude's face is like fucking blown apart. Like half his head is missing. Like yeah. how's why was he? Why was he just an available body? Like, like shouldn't have some somebody been working on him? Send that guy to the morgue. No, he's dead. Like his half his head was gone. No, he winces. Oh, they pull, but he pull it off. He's like, ow! Oh my God. <laughs> he's, he's, he's missing half a face. Come from like an industrial accident or something. Like he's like <laughs> he's like Phineas Gage. Like his the dude the like the sides of his brain have been separated. Like it's very shocking. Um. So it all it's all going down. The next day is Gustafson's funeral, and they're like, okay, that's where it's going to go down. He's got to go there. We're just going to show up. Meanwhile, this Nicholas K or Travolta as Cage, still the most wanted man in the world, and he's just like out in the open, like driving places, going around, being outside. It, just, it doesn't seem like a real good plan. But he shows up to the. Let's go meet at the church full of dirty birds. Right. They go to the funeral and there's a lot of doves (laughs) flying around. The funeral ends and everybody leaves, which seems like a weird way to confront the bad guy to just let him leave. Everybody's gone. But for some reason, Cage as Travolta knows to come back to the to the funeral home with all the birds flying around and all the wind. And there's there's Travolta as Cage standing at the altar with his back to Cage's Travolta, easily, an easy shot, like, could easily be killed right there, shoot him in the back, you're already a fucking criminal, you already killed his kid, like, you don't, you don't have any morals, just kill him, just shoot him, shoot him right there, but no, he walks up to him, they have, like, a, and then, and then this starts the final, uh, sequence of the film, um, Kate, like 40 minute final it's so long. Um, Cage is Travolta. He could easily shoot him. I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he decides instead to announce his presence. He's like, Hey, buddy, I'm here. Like, turn, I got a gun. Turn around with your gun so we can have another face off. 
and then a whole Mexican standoff ensues because Joan Allen shows up. Um, uh, John Travolta's daughter's there. The two henchmen are there, and everybody's pointing guns at each other. And then, yeah, the, the '90s had an insane amount of Mexican standoffs. Yeah, like, just shoot. Travolta. Just I mean, uh, Travolta. Uh, Tarantino had it in Reservoir Dogs. And then, like, everybody's like, oh, that worked? Let's do it in every movie. It was like the 80s with uh, study montages and boat races. Like, the 90s <laughs> yes. had Mexican yeah. standoffs. Yeah, so they have a Mexican standoff. Um, the, the There's a lot of shooting going on. And for some reason, there's loud gunfire. And, and uh, John Travolta's daughter decides to, like, run towards where the guns yeah. are being shot. Mom? Which seems weird. Yeah, like, what's <laughs> going on in here? Sounds like shooting. I'm going to come in. That was very weird. Eventually, they make their way onto boats in the harbor in San Pedro. and they Well, I mean, you're kind of skipping over a, a major part. <laughs> it here. was also uh, bad. I, yes. But, 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 <laughs> so at some point, uh, Cage frees himself from that Mexican standoff, and, and Gina Gershon dies on him, says, take care of my kid or whatever, and then they start running outside Cage uh, grabs the daughter as yet another thing to right. uh, so that he's not shot, and the daughter stabs him in the leg. Yes. Correct. Yes. After shooting her dad. Right. So well, isn't that how it went down? Yes. So so Travolta Cage as Travolta is like okay. At first, I can't remember how it went down. But at first, the daughter shoots Travolta as Cage, like gets he, him, wings he licks him. her face first, right? Yeah, like wings wings him in the side. Then Cage as Travolta it grabs her and is holding her hostage, like he's tricked her, and he's like, "I don't care, I'll fucking shoot you." And then she takes out her butterfly knife that he gave her. This is a callback, <laughs> and he fucking and she jams it into his leg and twists just like. uh he taught her to do and that frees her. And then they go run and jump on boats. Right. Yeah. And, and, Correct. and there there's, this is when John Wu is like, okay, we haven't had enough gunfire now. Yeah. Now Travolta is going to be firing at all times, except yes. for the 20 seconds where cage jumps on the boat <laughs> and has 20 seconds to gather himself. Yeah. I won't shoot then. Yes. Then I'll reload yes. then. Um, this, and the whole, the whole rest, the, they go through this boat war and it's, ridiculous. it's so like one of them's holding on to a chain while being dragged like 80 miles an hour on the side of a boat. Like there's so many unsurvivable things that doesn't he water ski at some point yeah, he's, like, he's, on his feet. <laughs> yes. Then they crash through the police boat. They launch like unsurvivable. Then, then they're both on the same one jumps from one boat to the other. They're both fighting on the same boat. Then they crash and they both go flying completely unsurvivable boat accident. Like they both would be. Oh yeah. Yeah, They just tumble out of it. They hit the beach. Yeah. They they land on the beach and they, and they continue fighting. They're fine. 
They they continue fighting. They're, they're thrown. They're thrown from a. Uh, they're thrown from a um, a boat that was going 100 miles an hour, yes. and then it just stopped. And they were thrown from it. They land on the shore, no broken bones. No, they would be dead. No, in, no, no internal roll. No internal. It was like a roll back to their feet. That yes. was it. But, yeah. and, and they and they both still Speed have boats. the the capacity and the wherewithal and the energy to have hand to hand combat, right as they get thrown off of a boat going 100 miles an hour. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It's too much. Eventually, Travolta as Cage fells Cage as Travolta. Well, first with and his he, last, even with, in death, with his, even in death, there's some overacting. With his, like. with, with his last bit of strength, Cage as Travolta starts cutting his own face off with a with a broken it, bottle, yeah. and that that gives. That gives Cage as Tra- or Travolta as Cage the room to to gut him with a spear gun, which finally well, does. He the started deal. cut. He started cutting his face because he said, uh, "Sure, I'm going to die, but you're going to have to forever live with my face." And then he starts cutting his face, and I'm thinking in a movie with the ridiculous uh, technology and plastic surgery to right. make one man another man. You think that any that that same surgeon or a, a surgeon in that time is going to have a problem with a couple of cuts on the face? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think no, we can fix this. No, they just stitch that up. That's that's no problem. I mean, these guys had had face transplant surgery and they were fine the next day. Like they were out. Like <laughs> I, I feel like they're, well, they're pretty. They did, they had Motrin. Yeah, they did prescribe yes, some Advil or Motrin. yeah, Motrin. <laughs> Take this. Um, so that's pretty much how it ends guys. He, um, the, the death scene is fantastic. The overacting by both of these gentlemen is stunning. You are, you get the chills throughout. They're both so terrible in this. Um, Mike, the plumber and Margaret Cho show up to save the day and they just know, like they've been told by the wife or whatever. And they're like, we know it's you boss. And like, everything's fine. (laughs) <laughs> you've lost some weight, but we're going to help you. And then weirdly, then they show him like go under the knife. And then, then Joan Allen just sitting there at their quiet suburban house. Looks like they live in like yeah. Sherman Oaks husband's, or something. Husband's going through some major surgery yeah. today yeah. to get his face back. Yeah. She's at Maybe, home. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just go read a magazine. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to pick him up. Like he's, you he, understand at every waiting room in America, there are magazines, right? He's, he's, he like took a cab or something. Like the the daughter's not old enough to drive. He he comes walking up the front walkway. Like he, you couldn't pick him up at the at the at the hospital. He's, it, guys, is it a standard operating procedure when someone dies that you put them in the same ambulance, the corpse in the same ambulance? <laughs> that, is that is weird. Yeah, just looking like, next to oh, him. Like, oh, there's that. There's well, my body. Let me just go ahead and they, snag my ring. No, they needed they needed his face. <laughs> But he's let me, a, let me he's clearly a like he shit himself mouth too. <laughs> like uh, there's things that happen to a body when it dies. Uh, so like Travolta is probably covered in his own feces right? in the in his the ambulance scat. and just evacuated. And he's like, oh. oh man, there's my face. Let me grab my ring. Uh, this um, is gonna be you fine. Know how, how surgery? Like you usually have PT or there are bandages. Like no, no, he's fine. He's like fully shaven and walking home. Like, Walk yeah, home. I'm good. Just took a bus. And just, you can't I think, even I, see. I think no. John Wu, like the dramatic uh, re-entry of Travolta as himself. I think John Wu thought to himself, you know what? 
we haven't had enough slow motion in this movie. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that we get Travolta in slow motion on the patio entering the house, and then the daughter running to him in slow motion too. Of course. Yeah. And so the big review. This is the problem that I have with the very end. And I don't know if it was done intentionally. Just, might just be, the end. If, the, the very the very end is this is what I have a problem with. He uh, Travolta. The big reveal is since he told Gina Gershon that he would take care of her son, her and Nicholas Cage's son. He he says I have one more thing for you, or one more thing to tell you. So that that the the premise is, or what you're led to believe is, he hasn't even told his daughter and 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 wife that he's bringing an entire human being oh, in, into the family. Oh, forgot about this so it's, part. So it's, yeah, so it's, so it's, yeah, so the, the big reveal is that, uh, you know, I have somebody else here and, and, you know, Cage's kid walks in and it basically took like a half second of a nod from the wife yeah. to be like, yeah, it's fine. I'll ju- we'll just take another human being into our household. No, no. Ne- never mind. Yeah, he'll, the re- fact. he'll replace our shitty son that was murdered six fucking, years yeah. ago. He's fucking yeah. demon he's, spawn. Yeah, yeah, he's the offspring of a lunatic and a criminal mother yes. who at, at, at some point is going to figure this whole story out and kill all of us. Kill all of us. 100%. At some point. And maybe that was, was that supposed to be the cliffhanger that there might be a face off <laughs> to the lunatic son of Nick Cage kills everybody? Let's hope. That's uh, a good point. Um, and I like how. He brings him in. First of all, he's got to do the dramatic move where he greets his family and he's like telling the kid, all right, wait on the porch. <laughs> and then the kid, the kid with the mullet walks in and the daughter gives him that like the the family, like the family go to move is to do like the Coco Gorilla. Let me rub your face and like you're part of the family. And then he embraces Joan Allen and the daughter and the mullet Danny Cooksey kid just go upstairs like, all right. <laughs> Is that how cool. adoptions work? Is that how adoptions yeah. work? Very I mean, lax adoption scene. Yeah, and this kid has seen some shit. He's gonna like, need a he's lifetime had of bullets therapy. Whizzing oh, by his head. And you know, yeah. You know, in the outtakes, there's a scene of them consummating the marriage again, and Danny Cooksey's just got the headphones on somewhere over the rainbow, like in the bedroom, just while the parents are having sex and next to him. Oh, and then uh, yes. you know. He makes it super awkward when he like hugs the kid while he's sees him in the house. Like, oh, this is my son. And you can see the foreshadowing there. But like, if a grown man did that to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, well that that guy was me. I just I got my face back, and now you're gonna come live with me. Remember how I hugged you really weird in front of your mom? Well, you're gonna come live with us now. Yes, uh, it was a lot of lot of very unbelievable points in that movie, right up to the end. Um, that's it. That's face off. That's what happened. Does anybody have anything else to add? Mark the nomad. I, uh, I really regret my 15 year old self saying that was the best movie he'd ever seen at the time. I wish I could go back and talk to him, make some sense out of him. You know, um, like the old Morgan Freeman speech in Shawshank. Like I want to go back and talk to him. I'm li- I'm looking at John Woo's IMDb, and what's why is this guy considered a legend? Uh, Hard Target, Broken Arrow, Face Off. Was that the one with Howie Long? Yep, that Howie, Howie Long. Long's. Mission Impossible Two. I don't know if that one was good. Wind Talkers, Paycheck, which Oof. I believe was a Ben Affleck vehicle, and then I think the rest of these are in China. Yeah, he was shit. He was a garbage. 
Yeah, director. he sucks. He sucks. And face this movie sucks. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. This was the worst movie you did. Like, even Karate Kid 2 is better than this. Oh, I don't know about that. Karate Kid 2 is so bad. Because we had Sato. Karate, it, we That's had true. Sato and Chosen. Chosen. You don't have anyone in this. This movie sucked. The it's, thing it's is, real bad. But you all, it took me three, three sessions. Like, yeah. I started on Friday night, and I finished this evening. Yeah, same here. Same here. No, it was it, bad. No, it's, it's a pretty a bad, bad piece movie. of shit. Um, Jason Stewart. Last words, anything to add. You worked with Gina Gershon. You are a well-credited actor. You're in the business. Your thoughts on Face Off? I'm just, I'm stunned by the Rotten Tomatoes uh, scores that you it's gave crazy. us. Because I, it's, that somebody actually thought this was a, a, a well-made movie or maybe ahead of its time with the action and stuff. It's, I mean, if if there's somebody listening to this who's never seen the movie, I'll just sum it up with, with this uh, characterization. Slow motion, people running from bullets that aren't... Sideways aren't, diving. Aren't the, yeah. yeah. And, Golden and a plot line that has so many holes that gives almost zero background. You feel almost nothing for the characters. Terrible I really, script. I, don't, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm shocked oh, by that Rotten Tomatoes I've just, evaluation. I've just, I've just looked it up to confirm. Tomato meter, not certified fresh, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. 80, Unbelievable. 82% with the audience. That's not, the, that's not just the fans. That's the critics. No, it's Even higher that? with the critics. That doesn't make no, sense. No, really? Yeah. Ninety-two percent audience score. Eighty-two percent. All it's critics. Bad. Ninety-two. Top. Let's do top critics. Ninety-six percent. You know Ebert. what? It just doesn't hold up. 20, Maybe there was something they saw back then. It just doesn't on hold your up. legacy, Ebert. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Okay, excellent job all the way around by everyone that was not in this movie. Of course, I'm talking about our special guest, Mark the Nomad. Great job, Mark. Thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure. Yes. Um, Mr. Jason Stewart, fantastic work as always. Jason Stewart, give me an update. Is The Bachelorette starting soon, and do we have to do a podcast about it? Um, I'll answer the second one first. It's yes. And then um, I think it starts uh, next week. Oh, my God. And Stevie Carbone's having his his Bachelorette um fan uh, fest are you and going, you're are gonna you, go with me to, no, to vegas I, I can't make it i told you yes you can have, dude have him why would you miss out on the bachelor fan i fest have dad i have de- responsibilities as a dad do do me a favor get steve carbone to reschedule his vegas fan fest and then i'll come then good idea okay um ed daly you're here every week you do a fantastic job thank you very much yeah great job us for ed daly for Jason Stewart, for Mark the Nomad. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 221, the face-off edition of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.